0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire
1: Radio.
2: Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Boat. And I'm John
0: David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you
2: too, <laughs> sir. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm thoroughly sleep deprived and uh, and, <laughs> and losing my voice and uh, you know just uh, just just you know in shambles. But uh, man, got a got a got a beautiful family and a and a full quiver and um, man a, a business that's a lot of fun and, and and great friends and we're we're just we're just making it work, you know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I hear that. I hear that. And can we're we can we just
0: you know you mentioned you mentioned the full quiver thing I, like some of our non-believing uh, <laughs> listeners might not get that reference uh, but but let me just say this because recently at church I remember somebody made the quiver comment about how you're supposed to go out and make babies listen some people's quiver can only handle two arrows all right, all right we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna shoot those arrows as far and as high as we can
2: but let, let's let's That small economy quiver, yeah. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) we
0: got that that COVID quiver, you know, like, you gotta, you gotta... gotta,
2: But the the, (laughs) efficiency of it is... so much pressure by some people. The efficiency of it is very, uh, you know, very, uh, it's, I I don't know, it's very... um, uh, high uh, high performance. That's uh, high performance. High
0: performance, <laughs> performance arrows and quiver. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no. oh, Something man. tells me your quiver is far from full, my friend. But regardless, I know right now it feels like it's it's maxed out. We're uh, we're we're happy that you're here, uh, especially taking care of that newborn. Uh, your your lovely. I tell you,
2: man, it it's wide open. Yeah, we're we're doing good. F- folks have been asking. You know, is everyone healthy and all that? Yeah, everyone's everyone's healthy and and doing great. And if you've uh, if you've ever been a parent before, you know those first few weeks are just uh, just frankly out of control. And so, yeah. uh, just not a lot of sleep running on fumes and coffee and, and nicotine. And, uh, my friend, our, our friend, listener, Luis Missouri, he, uh, texts me and is like, how much, uh, h- how much percent of your life would you say is running on uh, nasal snuff right now? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty good percent. <laughs> so anyway, but it's, uh, oh, everything's man. going good, man. We're just, uh, just rocking and rolling some, uh, cool stuff going on at the shop and uh, a lot of growth. And we're, uh, we're just very thankful.
0: So yeah, man. Well I'm I'm yep. I'm glad that you're here and it's always good to hear your voice. <laughs> uh we're we're rocking and rolling here in Houston as well. Um I've been yeah. in the process. We've uh, just got a new fence up. We've been, you know, after the, the ice storm well, it killed fun. all the trees and so we've been doing some yeah, some yeah. some yard renovation such as it is and getting things okay. trying to get back to normal and uh and yeah, and so like today they're they finished up this this last past weekend. And, uh, you know, it was giving me a PTSD from having the kitchen remodeled, which is a weird thing to complain (laughs) about, but you know, there's just something (laughs) about like liking to have your, your home, your home, you know, when it's not like, like everybody's just like popping in and you never know five seconds from now,
2: like, you know, when, oh, okay. Oh, you're with the contractor. Okay, cool, 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 cool. You know, this is the problem I think with both you and I, like we, we kind of, as much as we, you know can't wait to get through with projects to, to get some kind of rest. It's almost, it's almost like we thrive on some sense of like chaos, you know? Right. Right. and, And so, okay, we got this project done. Well, now it's time to, to, well, the life is too simple and and uncomplicated. So li- exactly how ca- right. how can we destroy it again? <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: <right>. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, well, this is you know, this is so, normal now. All right. Well, let's right. let's destroy it and uh, <laughs> yeah, let's destroy it because obviously something is is you know this is not uh, appropriate. And then we uh, we carry on. And so you build fences or uh, you know renovate things or uh, make babies or or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: what, what, whatever whatever tickles your fancy, man. For sure, man. We're, right. we're rocking and rolling. I was actually um, uh, had a buddy. Uh, from church over here, uh, a few days ago, we were enjoying a a, a mess of pipe tobacco. I'm actually really excited because we've got yeah uh, in this very episode. We'll be talking about a a follow up to a pipe tobacco I was uh, enjoying <gasps> with him, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Before we jump into it, though, I you you were sharing with me something very, whew, very 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 special and and very honoring before, before the show, and you know we yeah I I want to kind of toss it to you so that we can give a, a listener a very special listener a shout out this this week
2: this kind of blew my mind and 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 rocked my world in a um in in a variety of ways but um you know life has been really insane for me if you haven't picked that up over the last several months and um and, and frankly just you know really uh really chaotic as we kind of alluded to and so um you know you're just running around trying to get things ready for uh, family to change and your business is changing and it just everything's up in the air. And and then occasionally in life in the midst of all that insanity, you get uh you get something that makes you sit still. And we had that happen recently at the Country Squire and, and particularly regarding our podcast and uh, what Bo and I do every week and the work of the greater uh Country Squire Radio pipe community, pipe club and pipe community and listenership. Anyway, I I wanted to share we wanted to share this with you because it's uh it's special and it's tender and it's just something that it kind of uh, again you know there's not many things that will make me sit still during the day as things are just uh, so incredibly uh, busy but this one this one made me sit still and uh, and, and I was I was honored to uh, to walk with this person for a little bit so I got a phone call from David self Dave is from Dayton Tennessee and has been a listener of Country choir radio for for quite some time. And an avid pipe smoker, and um, man, just a very interesting person involved in a lot of uh, different things. But um, man, such a such a tender spirit, and he called me to tell me that uh, he was dying. And that his doctor had given him just a few months to live, and he wanted to communicate to, to Bo and I. We had um, just played a big influence on his been becoming uh, interested in the pipe again, and that uh, we'd really helped him. And and you know our uh, listeners and everyone that kind of collaborates with Country Squire Radio has uh, really encouraged him and his um, in his walk as a pipe smoker he just wanted us to know that before he passed away. And, you know, we, we have fun doing this, right? We get on here every week and, um, you know, we, we get on mic and we, you know, tell our corny little jokes and blab about what's going on in our life and talk pipe tobacco. And a lot of times we'll, you know, talk whiskey or, you know, different, different things and make fun of Brian Levine and, you know, everything else. But, <laughs> um, man, I, you know, this, this, this gentleman, um, who is, uh, admittedly in the, in the waning days of his story, uh, wanted us to know that, uh, that we were important to him. And so I wanted to before we go any further in this episode, I want to dedicate this show to David mm-hmm. Self. David has since actually called me back and said that his doctor uh and their their team has updated his prognosis uh negatively and that uh it, it you know his you know prospects for, for living are, are not in the months anymore, but have, have gone to weeks. And so David, you know, if you're listening, brother, we uh we we care for you and Are just so thankful for you and are so encouraged by our small ministry to you, but also the pipe service to you too. And man, we just want you to know that we're really grateful for your words of encouragement and that it means a lot to us and that we, uh, we can't wait to meet you again, man. Well, David is a, uh, he's a, he's a believer. Uh, he's a Christian guy who, uh, later in life kind of rededicated his, uh, life to, to seriousness, uh, in pursuing the Lord Christ. And, um, man wanted, wanted me to know, you know, he was praying for us and that, uh, our special ministry, what we do here is, is important and, uh, and really encouraged us to, to carry it on because it affects people, um, like himself. And so, uh, it was very powerful, it was very convicting mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and incredibly encouraging. And so anyway, David, if you're listening, uh this uh this episode is for you, my friend, and we're we're so grateful for you. So he sent yeah. us uh several things, Bo, and uh we'll we'll talk about uh these things uh in a in a future date. But I wanted to mention this and just tell David uh that we wish him well, that we're thinking about him and, and that we're thankful for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just incredibly honored to have you as a listener, brother. I, I, I hope and pray that you're able to hear this before um uh before clocking out, man. But uh wow. Wow. Just, I think we, uh, when John David told me, uh, you kind of shared your story with me, man, and it, it really, yeah. we, we had to, we had to pause before, recording, yeah, brother. We did, <laughs> you know, and
2: it's one of those things where, um, you just forget, um, you forget who's out there, you know, and, yeah. um, and that our community yeah. is really tangible and that we, um, weekly, you know, have a true effect on each other. And so David, you've, uh, you've impacted us, man. And, um, And we're grateful for you, and uh, man, we wish you and your family the best, and Godspeed, okay, brother.
0: You know, we did a um an episode a while back called "The Ties That Bind," um, talking about the uh, just the impact of of being in community. You know, and and the reality is, it you know doesn't have to be pipe doesn't like whatever you know. Maybe it's comic books, maybe it's just your community faith or whatever it is. But you know, part of part of life is you find. You find these little passion points. You find these little textures that that add to the story of your life. That add to, um, you know, your just your your overall enjoyment of, of things and and things that just really produce uh, passion. Whether it's you know art or sport or, or what have you. And you know the pipe has clearly been that for us for every single person listening. And you know as much as we may enjoy this or that tobacco or be impressed by this or that pipe. And it's really, it's really the community that comes out of a shared interest that makes something special. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, a a dried up leaf of tobacco is a dried up leaf of tobacco that somebody figured out, Hey, you can smoke this and it's kind (laughs) of enjoyable. But but what, what made it special is when that person shared it with somebody else, they enjoyed it together and suddenly a community was formed. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Like, like, like John never said, David, man, this one's for you. All right, Ben. Uh, speaking of those dried up leaves that uh, <laughs> the, the people do enjoy lighting on fire, uh, this is a tobacco talk. Now, for those who are not familiar... Uh, tobacco talk. This is this is the kind of episode you would expect from a pipe tobacco podcast. Maybe you've uh maybe you've never listened to Country Squire Radio before. Maybe this is your first ever episode. And uh congratulations, you lucked out. It's not a weird one. It's a normal one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the it's the kind of episode you would expect where we we do the work of uh, reviewing I, I, pipe. I about.
2: do want to say, like yeah, my, most, uh, I feel like the normal Country Squire Radio one re- episodes are the really weird ones. So so it. Well, that's true. Normal for yeah. yeah. So, I mean let's let's be honest. Like, yeah, okay, you, you've you, you found the one that you would expect it to be, but but you know, stay around for a couple more. We'll, we'll we'll weird you out, we promise.
0: Yeah, we'll weird you out. Yeah, no, this is this is this is a bait and switch, is what right. this is right now. <laughs> like, oh, this is a knowledgeable pipe tobacco podcast. Yeah, well that, that is true. That is always true. But this is you know, we we also like to have fun, man. And uh and so I'm I'm excited because yeah. you were you're sharing with me the tobaccos and I'm very excited about both of these tobaccos, learning a little bit more of them for two very different reasons and so mm. I'm, I'm curious which one you're going to tee up yeah first.
2: yeah well I thought I thought we'd go ahead and uh, come out with the special edition tobacco first which is something fun uh, of course everyone is familiar in the in the pipe world with Seattle pipe club uh, you know famed mm-hmm. uh, you know organization of, of pipe smokers in the Pacific Northwest that uh, has been such a strong bastion of pipe community whatever bl- these are blue blood pipe smokers you know and uh, Joe Langford yes, right. and that crew up there uh, of course several years ago Go develop this brand of of pipe tobacco, kind of centered around their community and um and man, they are uh, coming out actually as this episode is recording, uh, they are going to be debuting this April two thousand twenty one a uh, a special edition of one of their tobaccos, and that is Plum Pudding Special Reserve Flake. Hey, it is yeah, I'm really excited about this man. It's cool. It's a, a limited edition tobacco. Of uh, course, uh, Special Reserve uh, Plum Pudding is something they've had. Uh, for a while now, uh, a few a couple of years, and it's something that's been wildly popular. But uh, this is the flake. Was say, that's a classic right there. It is a classic. And, uh, you know, they've, they've taken their plum pudding and then they had the special reserve and now they're making a flake of the special reserve. But some of the most popular tobaccos in the last 10 years really have been uh, Seattle Pipe Club. Uh, tobaccos, you know, we, we think of, of course, Mississippi River and plum pudding, you know, Mississippi River, of course, and, and, and plum pudding both. These are, uh, you know, uh, rich, uh, you know, Latakia forward blends that, uh, you know, it, are, you know, particularly uh, favor those people that like something full body and earthy. Uh, that you know, others joined the kind of lineup over over time: Deception Pass, Hood Canal, Potlatch, Seattle Evening, uh, and then more recently, Rainier Levant, Wild Man, and Galloping Gertie. Uh, I love these names. You know, they're they're all <laughs> they're they're all really great. <laughs> and so you right. know, eventually they uh, continued to uh, come out with blends, but then also found this niche of you know, editing, uh, and, and ramping up blends that were already inside the, uh, the lineup here. And so with Mississippi River and Plum Pudding, uh, Special Reserve came out. And these were, uh, you know, additions of these tobaccos that essentially had, uh, more limited ingredients in them. And so, uh, you know, some particularly, uh, you know, extra finely aged Orientals or uh, maybe some Virginias that, uh, you know, were a little uh, a little choicer than others. And so they're kind of coy that, you know, they're not super transparent on what makes these tobaccos extra special. But they do want you to know that the tobacco leaves uh, that go in them are, um, you know, a, a more Hard to get a uh, high quality uh, leaf than, uh, than another, other, you know, iterations of Mississippi River and plum pudding. So, um, so yeah, kind of cool. Uh, what they've done here with, uh, Mississippi River and plum pudding, they came out with a rum barrel aged with the plum pudding and then they, uh, or with the Mississippi River plum pudding, they had a bourbon barrel aged. And now they've taken the special reserve, which is a, uh, you know, a, a really beautiful plug with these limited, you know, tobaccos in them. And they, for a limited time, are coming out with a flake variety of this. Just really cool. It's just a you know the same tobacco uh, special reserve of plum pudding, which uh, everyone knows and loves, but now in a in a flake form. And so the, the regular plug of uh, of plum pudding special reserve, it comes in a four ounce tin, which you know is is kind of a lot, uh, you know, for the for the average pipe smoker that likes to you know rotate different tobaccos and stuff. Of course, you know some folks if they uh, smoke a lot of this particular type of blend can go through four ounces in a heartbeat, but it's not your average size, you know, two ounce or 1.75 ounce tin. This is a tin that is going to, you know, put a little extra poundage in your cellar here. And it also is a plug variety. The, the um, you know, original plum pudding special reserve is a, uh, it's a plug. And so this is something that, you know, makes it a little, although it's, you know, fun and novel, uh, it makes it a little more clumsy to perhaps prepare for your pipe and that type of thing. And so, hmm. you know, I, I love plug tobacco. Think, think plug and flake tobacco have, upon the moon, but you know, sometimes they're not as convenient as just a, a shag or a nice ready rub or you know ribbon cut something of that nature. So what they've done, and 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 by the way, um, Seattle Pipe Club tobaccos are all made by Sutcliffe Tobacco in Virginia. Folks at Sutliff, we have a great right. relationship with them, longstanding relationship. Of course, they manufacture uh, our shop's fiftieth anniversary tobacco, which is very dear to us. But they also you know do a lot of other uh, tobaccos for uh, different groups and private blends for folks and, and so they were the ones years ago that uh worked with uh worked with the folks at uh, Seattle Pipe Club to develop these blends and worked with Joe Langford, and so they you know that's why you'll notice if you ever get a tin of Seattle Pipe Club tobacco in the original style tins they the tins look a whole lot like Sutliff private stock blends they they kind of have that same uh, tin shape you know what I mean that kind of right. uh, it's, it's like the biscuit can you know but a little bigger it's almost like uh, maybe maybe something you'd right. see like mixed nuts in or something <laughs> <And> <laughs> wow so, yes exactly you know what I mean yeah yeah, um, I never made that connection before. It, exactly it's right. that, that same exact kind of thing you might see in a grocery store aisle. So um, so anyway, that's the Sutliff size tin, and that's why uh, the Seattle Pipe Club tins look uh, look that way. So anyway, the flake edition of the Special Reserve Plum Pudding, really nice. Uh, it, it is a beautiful vacuum seal tin. It, it's very convenient. And, you know, if you're not familiar, the original Plum Pudding Special Reserve, this was Black Cavendish Latakia orientals virginias and perique and so it's like they took the everything but the kitchen sink and threw it uh, threw it in the, in the mixing bowl and, uh, and let it sit for a while and pressed it and, uh, just made this really bold and rich blend. And of course, mm. the special reserve, what it does is it takes the, uh, you know, additional tobaccos there that have this kind of depth to them that's very uh, seductive and velvety and it's, it's very rich. It's not a beginner's pipe tobacco, but it's something that, uh, boy, is really rewarding, you know, particularly if you like Latakia. The extra emphasis with the special reserve is is on that stone fruit, tobacco, uh, you know, it's got the, uh, th- that natural sugar that comes out a little more once uh, tobaccos have that, that extra age on them and, and, uh, and pressure. And so uh, just really nice. The, uh, the vacuum seal tin, it's as you would expect. So you, you immediately connect it with Seattle Pipe Club. It's got Joe Langford's bald head right there, front and center, <laughs> smoking right. his uh, bamboo right. shake uh, pipe. And uh, man, just, you know, the very familiar, Um, You know, Seattle Pipe Club artwork. The flakes, when you open the tobacco, uh, open the tin, you're immediately hit with Latakia. Heavy, heavy dose of Latakia with this tobacco. The flakes are thick and meaty, very easy for convenience. Uh, You know, you're you're missing the novelty of that plug. But, of course, this is going to be something that is going to be a little easier to prepare, uh, certainly quicker to prepare you know a lot of folks when they're preparing a plug when they do they they you know you got to be careful not to tear off too much of the plug because if you tear off much more than you're going to put in your hmm. pipe that tends to dry out faster than than you know the rest of the tobacco and so uh you do have to be careful with the flake it's a little easier to kind of uh you know, uh, gauge out amount exactly how much you're going to, uh, to load in your pipe. And so some people prefer a flake over a plug, um, you know, six in one, half a dozen in the other, but, um, just really, um, you know, both good and both, both, you know, perfectly wonderful ways of consuming your favorite tobacco. The flakes are thick cut. They have this, again, kind of a meatiness to them. It's chunky. Um, they're a bit moist. It's something that some smokers may prefer to let sit. Uh, for a little bit before they uh you know load in their pipe and smoke, you know minimal drying might you know, might help out some or or maybe tinning up a little while or, or jarring up in a in a mason jar just to kind of stabilize some. Uh, some of the leaves may be you know a little thick, and so because they are even in flake form. Uh once you tear the flake apart to prep it for uh loading in your pipe, you might even have to tear some of those leaves uh a little further. And so it's uh this is a thick cut flake in my opinion. So it's something that, you know, you're gonna you're gonna prepare your flake, but then you might even have to uh tear it apart even further uh in order to get it in your pipe. And so we need to re educate folks in a near uh in a in a soon episode on, you know, just kind of how to uh how to handle flake tobacco and deal with that and um, you know, there, there's different methods of prepping flake tobacco and how you load it in your pipe and tricks to keeping lit and all this kind of stuff. And so, uh, just the, the chunkiness of these particular flakes can add a, a an extra element of, uh, you know, having to, uh, having to tinker with it, I guess, uh, <laughs> in order to tend right. to your pipe. So, um, do you, do you know why the choice to take it to the flake, so to speak
0: was, uh, was made? I don't. You
2: know, one thing I will say about Sutliff is they're always trying to find the next angle that them, you know, brands like them and Cornell and Deal and uh, Mac Barron. I mean, these are, these are you know, tobacconists that are, are, you know, pipe blenders that are always looking for the next thing. You know, they're not ever, you know, satisfied with just their current lineup. They always want to expand it even further. And so uh, some people really do prefer a flake over a plug. And then also it does change the experience some. Just with the addition of, you know, extra oxygen, being able to contact with uh, a higher percentage of the leaves and, uh, you know, how you tear the tobacco apart and load it into your pipe. I mean, uh, the, you know, ability for it to age. Uh, slower or faster—all these things are going to be changed slightly when you change the form of a pipe tobacco. And so, um, so yeah, I you know I, I think they're just constantly looking for the next thing to do to make it into a unique experience, which is good. You know, you want you know folks as uh, pipe enthusiasts to always be looking for that next thing. And so, absolutely, um, yeah, kind of kind of cool. But once you get it in your pipe and get it going, uh, it stays lit really well. I do have to say, with m- most of my activity with this particular tobacco, it stayed lit super well and burned to really nice ash. Just very good. Very heavy Latakia blend. It's one of those where you know, if you've listened to the show for quite a long time you'll know that I'm more of a Virginia smoker and you know, occasionally aromatic. You know, I just don't smoke a ton of Latakia. And so, uh, blends like plum pudding kind of remind me of of why. <laughs> you know? mm. I mean, it tastes great. It's really, it really is delicious. In some sense, it's decadent, but, you know, it, it just has a lot of Latakia in there, probably a little too much for my personal taste. But for most people that certainly pursue English and, and Balkan style blends, this is a tobacco that's going to be right up your alley. And so, I will say my most recent visit with this, I've been smoking it, uh, you know, here over the past several days. And in my most recent case, I smoked it in my my large claw meerschaum Uh, And it was a little trouble to keep lit, but I I have to say that that's probably due to the fact that while I was smoking it, I was on the phone fighting with one of our shop's credit card processors. And so (laughs) I think, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, the environment you're smoking in and who you're chatting with and what you've eaten and how angry you are (laughs) because of, you know, uh, people, you know, not giving you the rate they said they would and all this kind of stuff. So.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Not, not the right, not exactly the best mindset to be reviewing a pipe. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's exactly right. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna defer to more of the uh, <laughs> more of the uh, the previous tries or tastes that we had. But uh, but a really good tobacco. If you like anything by Seattle Pipe Club, and if you like something that is very full bodied, try to get your hands on a can of the Seattle Pipe Club Plum Pudding Special Reserve Flake. Uh, again, limited edition tobacco coming out. Here in late April 2021, if you see a can, you better get it because it won't, uh, it won't last long. I'm sure some of the big online retailers will get uh, the bulk of them like they always do. But that is Seattle Pipe Club's Plum Pudding Special Reserve Flake. There you Ooh. go. It's a mouthful.
0: <laughs> you know, you, you do actually have me kind of wondering if, if maybe we should introduce a new style of review in this of like, you know, the, like a porch. Like this is what it, this is what, this is how it smokes on the porch. And this yeah, is how it yeah. smokes on customer support. You know, like <laughs> whenever you're uh, Yeah, sure. Get the, get the full uh get get the full effect. Uh, all right, well good. All right. Well, so I'm I'm man, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, Seattle Pipe Club blends. I very much enjoy Plum Pudding. Uh or rather the uh gosh, I you know what? I don't even know which version of Plum Pudding I I have that I think about it. It's in my cellar right now. I I, pr- I should probably run and go get it, but I'm not going to I'm not going to throw us off. But no, I was enjo- <laughs> I was enjoying it the other night. We had a I had a buddy over. And, uh, man, I was so excited, um, cause I hadn't had a chance to really just sit down and enjoy my pipe in, in so long. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so I, I brought out, like I got a tray and essentially that went into my cellar and then got out a whole mess of pipe tobacco. Um, just, you know, a variety of different flavors and, and different, uh, styles. And mostly because I wanted to, uh, enjoy a new pipe, the, the pipe that we were actually gifted from Mark VV around Christmas time. I had not had an opportunity. I've been saving it. Yeah. Uh, because you know it's one of those deals where new pipe wanna want to kind of choose a tobacco for it
2: I know and
0: I know. yeah and and so that takes a little work right because you have to kind of make some decisions and anyway so so i uh, but yeah, plum pudding was was a contender it was not the one that ultimately uh uh won won the day um that that went to <laughs> a um i think a six year old ten uh or six year old jar essentially that I'd canned up of uh, fox's bankers. Uh, tobacco. Oh
2: which, yeah, the bank. Yeah, man. from uh, from James Fox. Yeah, awesome. Let me
0: tell you this, that aged like a fine wine. I that bet is, it did.
2: <laughs> that is,
0: that's, that's not the, the the tobacco that we're talking about next. But I just want to give that one a little shout out in the midst of this. But that had uh, actually had plum pudding with me as kind of like a safety. You know, like yeah. just in case, like I couldn't find one because <laughs> I knew I liked it. So there you go.
2: That's so that's really funny. I, You know, you mentioned speaking, uh, you mentioned a, a pipe that you've been kind of sitting on waiting for the right thing to uh, to put in it, to break it in. And, you know, for the first time and all that type of thing, I've got a Joe Hinkle sandblasted cutty with bamboo it's a Ooh. gorgeous gorgeous Ooh. pipe that i bought okay. uh, at the yeah. chicago pipe show a couple of years ago I, I didn't buy it at the show actually i saw it at the show and then a day after the show i was like ah, i've got to have that pipe and so i tracked it down and and bought it and they mailed it to me and everything and so um you know it, it's it's just one of those pipes that i okay i've got it now yeah. what do i do with it and so I, <laughs> Dude. i've got this pipe and i haven't smoked it in two years because i don't know what to smoke in it you know it's just it's just just sitting there staring at me smiling. And, and it's uh, like, it, well, it's you taunting you is what it's doing. No, let, let's
0: be real. Let's be real about this. Any pipe smoker with a collection worth the salt has a number of pipes that have never been smoked. And no, like, it, it bugs yeah. them to this day. We should do an episode where we actually like, like a shame episode, but like, but in, in kind of like a, you know, in, in, in making it nor- and normalizing it at the same time, like saying no, like, no, right. all right, these are the pipes of my pipe collection that I have every intention at some point in my life to smoke. <laughs> that I have never smoked and have been collecting dust for
2: years. That's a good idea. I, I, we yeah. all have those. You know, we're, we're Southerners, so we really major in shame. You know, this That's is right. something we're not. You know, we're not, Presbyterians on top of that. Well, I, well, you know, we have Presbyterian background. And yeah. and, and recovering Presbyterians. And so, oh you know, we, we've we got this shame thing down. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> Play to your strengths, right, Bo? <laughs> That's
0: right. All right, what do we got next, man?
2: Man, excited to talk about this one next. And the first one uh, with the Seattle Pipe Club blend, we've got a limited edition blend, which will probably be a little hard to get. So again, you'll want to jump on it as you hear this episode. The next one, uh, Esoterica Tobacco, which we haven't talked about before on air. We haven't reviewed outright on air. And it's Esoterica Woodbridge. It's something that's been sitting in my cellar a while. And I kind of started eyeing again and, and pulled out and started working my way through an amount of it. And it was... Just very pleasant. I thought we'd bring it up uh, here on the show for Tobacco Talk. Uh, Esoterica, talking about hard-to-get tobaccos, they win. (laughs) They always do, right? It's just... It, it is it is the brand. Uh, it's the Bitcoin of of pipe tobacco. So or, or oh, wow. the or the Dog Coin, Doge Coin, or whatever they call it now. That's uh, that's tearing up the market. So you know the the flavor of the week, Esoterica, is always the flavor of the week. And I mean, it's just always hard to get. It's been interesting. We've had a lot of people call recently about it, and they've they've said, "Look, where's the Esoterica?" Yeah, it's normally hard to get, but we you know folks can generally count on hmm. a drop of Esoterica you know, two or three, maybe even four times a year. Right. And and this year, you know, for the past gosh, probably 10 months. I mean, we there's been nothing from Esoterica, nothing from Germain that's uh, that's made it stateside. No new drops or shipments. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting to people. I, I was talking with my friend, Josh Weiser, who we've had on the show before. It's been quite a while. I think I interviewed him at the Chicago Pipe Show uh, a couple of years ago. Josh uh, works for a company called Arango Cigar. Arango is the... Right, um, yes, um, yes. They're yes, the American yes. importer for the Esoterica blends and for everything from J.F. Germain. And so they've just had this difficulty getting things here. And and the reason for that quote from Josh is a direct quote, it's a pandemic logistical nightmare. And, you know, you've got to think from Western Europe's perspective, everything's all messed up right now, right? I mean, we think about plane travel and, um, you know, just the way our entire society works. Everything, as we all know, has been turned upside on its head. But a lot of that has trickled down to the distribution of just just basic products. I mean, we've seen that with things like toilet paper and paper towels and hand sanitizer and soap and toothbrushes and everything else. And so, you know, that has finally started to kind of trickle down to some of these things that maybe aren't as necessitated by daily life. And so with Esoterica, everything that's come out of Jermaine's factory, we've just had a lot of trouble getting it. I'm starting to see this, interestingly enough, Bo. You know, the pandemic, we're actually, God willing, we think we're on the back side of this thing. You know, we, we hope and, and pray the back nine of it, as, as it were, if you're talking about an 18 hole, uh, golf course. But, you know, I, I'm just now starting to see it hit some of the distribution of our other products, some of the tobaccos that, uh, that we use right. in our pipe blends, some of the cigars that we get. So it's, it's kind of interesting that early in the in the pandemic we had a uh, the ability to get stuff pretty readily, and and now on the backside of it, it's like the supply chain and the logistical you know chain is starting to uh, kind of break down after months and months of strain. And so Esoteric is not alone. Uh, some uh, of the best selling tobaccos you know in the world, some of the most sought after blending ingredients, you know, it's been hard to get some of. These things, even for our own shop, and so the germane stuff is not uh, an island. It's not. Uh, it, 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 it's made on an island, but <laughs> it's not an island. It's not unto itself in this <laughs> sense. It's uh, uh, you know, just a lot of things are, are in this uh, in this category. And but we hope that Esoterica will come uh, soon. We you know, it's not like they've gone out of business or anything like that. They have probably quite a bit of pent up production that I'm sure the the kind folks on the uh, Jersey Isles are eager to get out to the folks in America with their name on it. So stay tuned on that. But anyway, today we're talking about Esoterica Woodbridge. If you are a Virginia lover, this is the tobacco for you. It's a it's a great tobacco. Of course, it's not one of those that is highly sought after, as is their Penzance and, and Stonehaven and Peacehaven. You know, some of the others you, you see sought after a little more. But Woodbridge, I think, is just great. It, it's It's a tobacco that's hung the moon and uh, has a lot of complexity. And if you really are a Virginia fan, I think you'll enjoy it. From TobaccoReviews.com, the description of this tobacco, a wonderfully complex mixture consisting of six light Virginias pressed until reddish brown and then rubbed out, plus golden and dark Virginias hot-pressed until jet black. Twelve different Virginia tobaccos lightly laced with licorice and natural fruit extracts, perfectly blended And fully matured. A true luxury blend that leaves the pipe clean and dry. And everything about that is dead on. (laughs) It's just truly luxurious to smoke. It's really, it's just decadent. And it's something that is very kind to your pipe and very kind to your mouth uh, as well. And so you open the bag up of this. and, And I will say, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show, um, because you were asking if it's if it's also available in a tin, right? I have seen Woodbridge tins before, two ounce tins of of Woodbridge, but or fifty gram tins, but have have not seen them in quite a while. Even you know before when we were you know semi regularly getting esoterica products. I haven't seen the tins for this particular tobacco in quite a while. It's just solely been in the 8-ounce bag. So if you do ever see uh, Woodbridge out there and you're waiting on the tin instead of the bag, if you really want to try it, you may need to pounce on the bag because uh, even though it's a good bit more expensive— Just because I I haven't seen, as a retailer, I haven't seen the tins of Woodbridge in quite a while. So I don't know if they've gotten rid of the tins, if they're only making it in half-pound bags. But anyway, that's just my observation. So beautiful tobacco. You open it up, and it just has a really nice vinegary smell that does have a natural sweetness there. Uh, of course, they don't hide from the fact that they are putting a little licorice and fruit extract on the tobacco. And if you're one of these purists that is about to make that the reason you don't try this, just get over yourself. Just get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> get over yourself. The, the, again, as we've talked before, any of the uh, major tobaccos that you've tried before, particularly Virginia's, that, you know, folks are always, oh, I just smoke unflavored tobacco. Well, on average, we we call a lot of things unflavored tobaccos, but uh, there's little casings and toppings kind of lurking everywhere. And and the great thing about the folks at Germain is that they're upfront about it. <laughs> and so uh, you've got this little anise and fruit extract, uh, you know, toppings that are kissing the edges of these uh, Virginia tobaccos, and it really is a nice uh, a nice impact on this particular blend. So you open it up, uh, looking at the leaves, you've got this kind of mélange of light brown to golden and uh, tobaccos mixed with these black leaves that tend to uh, have a little more moisture what was cool i, I put this tobacco back for a couple of years this is actually about a four-year-old tobacco and um that i was smoking and it it, it was really really neat because the uh, the sugar crystals just really kind of overtook most of these dark dark leaves just those tobacco leaves in there that were extra matured that had the advantage of just a little more pressure and heat that hot pressed that they meant jet black tobacco, just a uh, really, really nice. And so those sugars kind of pronounced coming to the front, you just know at that point you're smoking something that has, you know, got quite a treat in store for you. So really, really good. Something that it, the, for the folks that are constantly pursuing esoterica tobaccos, but they only think of Stonehaven and Penzance. Uh give Woodbridge a look. Try try to get your hands on one of those two because I think you'll you'll find that it stands up very well to the others. This is a shag cut. It's something that's a very fine cut. It's not a flake or a mottled, you know, or a cut uh plug or any or cut uh, crumble cake, sliced, you know, anything like that. It's Mm. just a a nice shag, but very easy to load in the pipe. The moisture is pretty good right out of the bag. Some people on a fresh bag will let it sit for a little bit. You know, it's just something that I think you'll be very pleased that you tried if you uh, are able to get your hands on it. Medium bodied, you know, I'd say the nicotine is kind of light on this particular blend. It's something that, um, you know, is approachable for pretty much any time of day. The room note is um, a bit pleasant enough. It's not Something that's over the top as far as smelling good, but then it also is. It, it doesn't it doesn't run your wife out of the room either, and so <laughs> that's uh, right. that's also a pro. But um, anyway, try it out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's something that you know overall has gotten mixed reviews by uh, the overall pipe community, but I think it's a tobacco that requires uh, the folks that you know really want to you know uh, go through the entire esoterical lineup. Uh, definitely, you know, you should try it out. You should pursue it, and and I think if if you're a real Virginia smoker, you'll you'll really like it.
0: Okay, well, there you go. I, you know, the esoteric for just for me personally, the esoteric blends have always been kind of hit or miss, and mostly miss. Yeah, and sure. I, and I mean, I realize that I'm in, I guess, the minority there, but I, I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I <laughs> the, think I think the name seems to always speak louder than like my enjoyment of the actual pipe.
2: Tobacco. <laughs> yeah, sure. I understand. I I think that's a common experience for a lot of people. And I think part of it is because the tobaccos are excellent, but build up that much hype. It's like nothing can stand up to that. You know what I mean? It, in, in a lot of sense, you, you get that from a lot of things that have that much hype behind them. But yeah, I think you're not alone in that. Some people, when they smoke esoteric tobaccos, are, are a little disappointed. But, you know, uh, on average, they, they are, you know, really high quality tobaccos. So your mileage may vary. All right, fair enough. Well, I, I, I don't know. You've given this one such a like a, a high praise,
0: but I've been burned before. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I am curious. You know, so yeah, you, you, you know, made mention of our kind of discussion beforehand and and how this is is you know seems more readily available in bag than kind of that classic esoterica, uh, you know tin. Gold although you tin. do have. Yeah. Yeah, you do still have kind of a similar branding with kind of the 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 pinkish text and the the gold yeah. uh, you know shine and all that kind of good stuff. Do you, do you think that you know you, you mentioned beforehand just the supply chain situation that we're we're dealing with as a well as a planet. Do you think that might have to do with why we're seeing this more and more frequently in, in a bag as opposed to a tin or well, could it be more for like just a better packaging for this particular tobacco?
2: That's a great question. I you know, I'm not I'm not sure about that. My guess though would be that it has more to do with their you know, they've kind of studied uh, you know, which uh, which of their blends do better and what sizes and so they're probably playing to that data, I would think. Um, Hmm. You know, a lot of even retailers do that. We'll say, well, you know, if we carry both these sizes, they kind of, you know, compete with each other. So let's just carry this size kind of thing. And you'll see a lot Mm of uh, manufacturers do that type of thing. There's some tobaccos that are only available in um, in a big bag, some that are only available in a small size. And I think this is probably, you know, one of those cases, but you never know. You never know.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, hey, man, these are uh, some great uh, pipe tobaccos and uh, definitely, uh, you know, if you can get your hands on them. Uh, then uh, definitely wants to uh, to try out. But if you are trying them out and you've got a brand new pipe and you don't want to necessarily, you know, let's say that you've laid down a couple hundred bucks on it. You don't necessarily know yet if <laughs> these are the right tobaccos <laughs> for it. Uh, man, you want yourself a workhorse pipe. You want yourself a pipe that you know that you're going to get the best quality smoke out of. Be able to get all of the various flavors and and things that will tease the palate. Of course, I'm talking about a good quality corncob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That is
2: exactly right, man. Uh, we are so happy every week to talk about Missouri Meerschaum. And this week we're featuring the Grand Great Dane Spool Corn Cob Pipe. It's a pipe we've talked about quite a bit on the show and uh, just a, a house favorite, something that's got a unique and interesting shape, feels good in your hand and holds a whole lot of tobacco. Uh, the Great Dane Spool Corn Cob Pipe from Missouri Mearsham is a nod to old world craftsmen and the styling of Danish pipes from the 1980s. Designed to fit comfortably in the hand for both right and left handed smokers, the trusty and familiar spool is a longtime mainstay uh, in their line of larger filtered pipes. And so it does accommodate the six millimeter filter. If you're interested in that, you don't have to use it, but uh, also has that genuine hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl. So it comes in a bent and a straight variety, just a very handsome pipe, something, you know, if you're looking at it from the side, kind of has almost a peanut look to it. It's kind of neat looking, but uh, very comfortable in your hand. The great thing about this pipe is it's very large with a big chamber and can hold a lot of this uh, limited edition and hard to get tobacco. So uh, check it out. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. If you go there, Missouri Meersham will ship it right to your front door. So uh, go check it out. That's right. If you do, be sure to let them know you heard about them on Country Squire Radio. It's a great way to let the good folks
0: at Missouri Meersham know we appreciate them for sponsoring the show.
3: Pipe
0: question of the week. All right, man. Pipe question of the week coming in from uh, Father Isaac. Uh, Father Isaac. Oh, good. One. Father Isaac. Love that guy. Absolutely, man. Uh, he says, Hey there, guys. First of all, let me say that I am loving the Shire Select episodes. But now to my question. <laughs> I've been eyeing the Nording Signature Series pipes with their natural briar finish. I've heard that the natural briar darkens in interesting ways as you smoke it. Why does this happen? And how long does it typically take? Does the same thing happen with naturally finished, say, pear, wood, clay, cob, meerschaum, etc.? Keep up the good work. And again, that is from Father father isaac uh,
2: father isaac rayberg in texas love that guy great uh tender-hearted man and um man long listener of the show um yeah so father isaac uh the reason that the nording signature pipes uh change color over time is because they're unfinished so these are not sealed pipes they don't even have carnauba wax on them they're just a I
0: car- uh, piece i'm, I'm of sorry neck. i'm sorry whoa 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 car- 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 carnauba what now
2: carnauba wax uh you know the <laughs> similar wax that makes your car sparkle when you drive uh, oh, right, the of car wash. but yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but, but not in exactly the same form so they're just virgin briar they're naked briar <laughs> and so uh it's it's briar that is readily readily going to absorb oils on your hands uh smoke from the pipe uh, you know, anything else that it comes in contact with. Because of that, you know, we see other brands that have kind of uh, pumped a lot of these out. The the main uh, one we've seen over the years has been the Savinelli unfinished pipe. These are, you know, wildly popular and I think got many other pipe makers kind of on board with making these unfinished pipes. And so the Signature Series, what Eric has done with them is just left um, you know, a, a lot of the shaping is the same. Beautiful pieces of wood. Uh, you'll occasionally find some blemishes here and there, but they are—they tend to be a little more inexpensive than uh, his mainline pipes, but have the addition of not having any finishes on them. And so they do just take the oil on your hands and darken uh, over time. You'll start to see uh, different grain pop out in the pipe. You'll start to see, um, you know, the character of, uh, you know, some of the blemishes and flaws come out, but in a in an endearing way. They're just, um, they're a lot of fun. And what what I like about unfinished pipes like this and pipes that don't have this lacquer on them or uh, any type of, uh, of of wax or anything, uh, you know, the, everything that changes color color about the pipe is due to the smoker and so in in a very true sense you've stained the pipe yourself <laughs> It's kind of uh kind of neat you know I've even uh it, it may sound kind of gross actually, but you know some people I, I've even known have taken pipes like this and have just rubbed them on their face uh, in order right. to t- get some of the uh, natural oil from their skin kind of onto the pipe to accelerate the aging process. So, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. It's just kind of interesting. But, um, but yeah, beautiful pipes, man. Of course, everything that Nording makes is, uh, is a great value. And, um, you know, these tend to be larger pipes, but, uh, man, I, I would, you know, Father Isaac certainly encourage you to, uh, to snag one and, uh, think you will not be disappointed.
0: Absolutely man. Great question. I you know I, I remember uh, I'll never forget a buddy of mine uh who was kind of like a new listener to the show picked up his first pipe and it was one of these and yeah. I was so jealous that that his first pipe was actually a an uh, you know a natural one because you that that yeah. pipe will tell the story like will just visually tell the story of his entire pipe journey and I, I think it's such a cool thing yeah. to to have as kind of a first bite, but definitely one that everyone should uh, should incorporate into their collection yeah. for sure.
2: And and let me add this real quick, Bo. I didn't answer the second part yeah. of Father Isaac's question, but he says, "Does the same thing happen with natural finished pear wood, clay, cob, meerschaum, and et cetera?" Now, with clay, you know that that's kind of its own thing. It will clay will pick up the smudges from your hands and things of that nature. But um, you know that that kind of goes almost in a different category. Really, anything else though that's unfinished is going to take that on. Cobbs will get kind of smudgy if they uh, don't have that lacquer on them. Uh, what what a lot of folks compare the unfinished Nording pipes, and then also uh, you know Savinelli's and uh, Stanwells that have come out, and other other brands. They compare them a lot to Meersham pipes. You know the Meersham pipe, it changes color over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you or if you touch it, it will uh, bring on the uh, you know color of your hands and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of people do compare them to Meersham. Meersham is certainly something that um, you know as you smoke it and as you handle it, it's going to change uh, even if you let it sit you know in the sunlight or collect dust or anything like that it will uh, indelibly change the uh, the character of that pipe so um, yeah anyway great question man absolutely and hey if you've got a pipe question of the week for us then
0: uh, be sure to send it in that is show at radio.com. that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com quick with fire with the Squire, squire. Quick fire question! All right, man, we're we are continuing on the March Madness. All right, I'm so excited for this. So <laughs> yeah, March Madness in April. Uh, so so and pushing on into May. All right, so here's what we did. Okay, <laughs> so we mentioned this last week. We kicked this off on episode 400, and this has just been so great. Nathan sent this scent to us, and we uh we are going to keep on tracking along with these. Now for our patrons and pipe uh, club members, the the full March Madness. Uh, pushing on into to April, pushing on into May is currently available to you. If you, if you head over to the Patreon page, it is an exclusive right now available to those that are supporting the show. Uh, you can actually download these. You can, you can fill them out your own. You can kind of figure out, you know, uh, get your predictions on, uh, you know, you could send it to us, but you might want to keep it close to the chest. Cause you never know. Maybe you might pick out every single one that is going to make it all the way to, to the final <laughs> round. And, and today we are continuing on. In fact, we are going to go into the championship round here, ladies and gentlemen, for Pipe Material uh, Bracket. All right. So last week, you know, we went through, uh, you know, there, there were some great contenders, great yeah. contenders. Uh, you know, yeah. Olivewood uh, fought hard, but, but fell uh, a big upset. <laughs> Clay ousted Morta. Didn't see that one coming at all. Yep. Yep. Uh, we got, we got metal, which was an, uh, I mean, that was easy. It was up against glass. So no, no comment. And, and then, uh, we got Missouri I uh, uh, just getting by, uh, the, the traditional Mirsham. And so, man, are you ready for this?
2: Yeah, man, I'm ready. Bring it on. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Briar versus clay. Briar. Mm. I, I don't even have to. I feel like I don't even have to discuss it. I mean, I, I love clay pipes, but there's a reason that, you know, once briar was discovered as a pipe medium, it, it became the gold standard. So, um, Breyer? I mean this. I mean this is this is very. You you could make an argument here that this is
0: absolutely the case, right? Like briar is the standard, but if you think about kind of the earliest pipes, they were clay pipes, or you right. know, in, in some form or fashion. So
2: you wouldn't have briar without clay. That's right. that's an observation you could make. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but I mean at the same time, it's kind of the the old the old uh, uh, VIP, the old kind of uh, you know goat. <laughs> And then like the new hotness coming in. Uh, and I don't know that you can really consider Breyer new hotness at this new stage of the game. New I'm just saying when, when Briar, ousted Clay the first time, that, that would be the situation. And I mean, obviously there was some stages in between. And of course, there's a lot of other uh, contenders we're, we're about to talk about here as well. But all right. So Briar is going to the championship. That makes <laughs> sense. All right. Here we go. Metal or Missouri Mearsham? Corn or metal?
2: Corn beats metal 10 times out of 10 boom ten, 10 times out of 10 i mean I, for the same reasons like we we're, we're just not even gonna discuss it <laughs> that's right that's right
0: all right yes nature uh, versus uh, versus metallic yeah, man Na- <laughs> n- nature versus and <laughs> the battle of corn versus metal corn wins uh misery all right then it comes down to this two titans all of these are titans, but two yep. titans clashing yep. together. The standard, the rock that has been the traditional uh, 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 pipe material. You walk into any pipe store in America and you are going to see a plethora of pipes. The vast majority. Briar, Briar, Briar. You turn around. It's Briar. You turn around. It's Briar up on the wall. Briar. It's $5,000. It's Briar. You're looking at the, at the ones in the basket. It's Briar. <laughs> Briar all over the place. Briar is known. A household name. But ladies and gentlemen, this is America. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the classic. Okay, an American as apple pie, Missouri Meerschaum, corn from the ground, nature's the everyman
2: pipe, right? Yep,
0: the everyman pipe. For I would say that as you walk into every single pipe store and pipe club or whatever it may be in America, not only will you be inundated with briar pipes, you would be remiss. Nay, it would be a sin. A pipe shop to not carry a good amount of quality corn cob Missouri Meerschaum pipes. So, as these two are going into the ring, John David Breyer versus Missouri Meerschaum.
2: Briar <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate the effort you put in building it up I felt like I was there I mean Don King was over in the corner and you know they were you know both the <laughs> both the boxers were like jumping up and ding, down kind of staring each other in the eyes and all this kinds. of yeah I mean I, I I felt like I was there but but it's 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 Briar
0: <laughs> man I mean like you I think it, it's a safe bet as soon like you know it'd be it, to some extent it would be almost a more interesting bracket if Briar was not a contender but you know he is going to be it's gonna, Briar's always king Briar is always king when it comes always king, to pipes, so always makes king baby always king always king well there you go this is man i am this, i am loving this this, is, this is such such a gift from nathan man and i'm I'm glad we got to kick it off in our 400th episode And i'm looking forward to continuing going along on these brackets uh we got so many great ones to cover as well uh here and coming up in in the next few uh weeks so again if you are a supporter of country squire radio you'll be able to download those brackets and and have some fun along with us and yeah ultimately john david's call is is the way it's going to be so it's all personal preference <laughs> Unless it's John David, in which case it's just whatever he says goes. <laughs> 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 All right, man. And hey, if you've got some quick fire questions, uh, be sure to send those into the show. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your,
3: your comments. comments. Listen Listener feedback.
0: Listen to feedback. All right, we got some listener feedback in from Jim Nelson. Uh, all right, what did Jim have to say? What did Jim have to say? Bo, concerning the proper last meal of the day, I have to side with John David's hesitancy and recommend that we... All right, let's, let's give a little context for this. Um, so we, we've taught, we, we did this series called Shire Select um it was uh, it was a blast it, it got.
2: i had a lot of fun with it it was it was great yeah it was something I, I wish we could revisit but i feel like we we really can't
0: <laughs> no 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 like we well, i don't think like we can't justify that for another eight, right. you know another 400 episodes right but it was right it was a lot of fun it was a blast and the response has been huge uh every you know especially long time <laughs> listeners in particular have really really enjoyed it and just had fun uh given their two cents uh on on this that and otherwise and Uh, You know, I I feel like I need to hand this one to you, actually, John David. What, What did Jim Nelson say? (laughs)
2: Bo, concerning the proper last meal of the day, I have to side with John David's hesitancy and recommend that we back away from the roasted meat flavor uh, in of uh, roasted meat in favor of a more proper Hobbit meal. As -hmm. the old gaffer used to tell Sam, the best way to cook meat is to stew it, preferably with turnips, greens and other vegetables. Uh, Potatoes. Potatoes. (laughs) This is precisely why Sam carried his mess kit uh, with a pot for stewing meat all across Middle Earth, which, you know, for Sam to do that, that it has a major uh, sign of commitment to, you That's know, right. his uh, <laughs> his desire to do that. Uh, he goes that. on, Hob- Hobbits would indeed eat slow-roasted meat when necessary, uh, but it was a lowly sort of food only for traveling. Uh, it was the goblins and not the hobbits who developed slow-roasted meat to a high art. They called this dish Baku. Uh, among the most famous of the goblin cooks was Dave, who— <laughs> who developed a recipe for slow roasting hobbits that the goblins considered some of the finest food available. Uh, Dave called this uh, famous dish habaku. <laughs> of course, hobbits who lived outside the Shire and across the Brandywine were very difficult to catch. Um The Shire Hobbits living a more protected life were the easiest prey, and the dish generally came to be known as Shire Baku. And so uh, the popularity of the Habaku or Shire Bake uh, Baku uh, among the goblins uh, may have had something to do with the Hobbits' general disdain for slow-roasted meat, although this is speculation. So instead of the slow-roasted meat and the uh remainder of the lost ones uh for the hobbits i would recommend instead a hearty rabbit stew with turnips <laughs> mushrooms and whatever else is growing in the garden i would suggest that you pair it with uh seattle pipe club's potlatch uh, a blend that includes everything but the kitchen sink uh much like a proper rabbit stew that the old gaffer would make mm. uh, after a day working in the garden if you truly want to go down the road of goblin delicacies, <laughs> as it were, uh, it is said that they smoked a weed that was harsh and smelled of burned rubber. Uh so the best tobacco <laughs> pairing with slow roasted meat would probably be Cornell and Deals the Beast. Wow. <laughs> and that's wow. from Jim Nelson, a good friend from Sioux City, uh South Sioux City, Nebraska. And Interesting. Um, I'm just I- glad we got a breakdown of how to cook hobbits <laughs> yeah no <laughs> from, this is from dave uh and um you know this was um it, it was it was that was great
0: <laughs> so that, that's fascinating so we were saying they should make that hobbit sauce he's saying they make that uh Habaku sauce so uh that, Habeque, that, Habeque. Yeah, Habeque. yeah okay hobbit sauce yeah hobbit <laughs> sauce interesting
2: all right I, I'm just i'm just interesting how interesting yeah, barbecue, uh, barbecue, so. and and I, and I like to. He said, you know, the the Shire hobbits, they're more protected. They're the easiest uh-huh. prey. It's almost like the veal of of Hab-a-Q, You know, so dude, have
0: you had veal? This so is this is it's
2: a Shire barbecue. Shire barbecue, Sh- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have had veal. It's been a long time.
0: <laughs> veal is gross. I'm sorry. Like I, I've had it once. I was told it was the best in the city by this dude who was trying to channel the Godfather like crazy, and it was. I, I found it disgusting. I am not a fan of veal. It's gross. I,
2: yeah. I. You know. I, I don't really have a strong opinion about it. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, Maybe it was because it was built up in my mind. It was the esoterica of beef. Uh, all Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, man. This was fun. Always great to uh, to do a, a classic tobacco talk with you and, uh, you know, get, get dive into the mind and palate of John David Cole. Uh, man, we want to encourage those of y'all who want to, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on the Twitters at Squire Radio. You can follow John David at John David Cole or the shop at underscore Country Squire. But of course, all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com.
2: Um, all right brother well this was uh this man, was a fun episode it was fun man it was good i was really uh, glad to dive back into some good uh tobacco reviews and uh talking about what we love best and uh, man just um uh, just so much so much beauty in this uh this little pipe smoking world that we have so glad That's to share it with man, you brother absolutely well, hey let's go have a day see you bud